Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon. Tonight we're going to look at another letter that Paul wrote to an individual that was supposed to be read by the church as a whole. Kind of like Titus, this one, 1 Timothy, is written to the leader, but everybody's supposed to kind of overhear it so they know what Paul wants them to say. Also like Titus, 1 Timothy was written after um, Paul got out of prison, and like Titus, 1 Timothy was written to one of Paul's closest friends who he had appointed as a leader over a church. And the church that Timothy was leading was in a place called Ephesus. Ephesus was one of the uh, one of the most important cities in the ancient world. It was big. It was um, lively. There was a lot of money flowing through the streets. There was a lot of important people there. There was a lot of religion stuff going on. I mean, just a big, massive, moving kind of city. If you were visiting the region, you'd go to Ephesus. And uh, Paul knew this church well. He went there in Acts 19, which is a great story, but you'll have to read it another time. And then in Acts chapter 20, Paul actually meets up with the elders, the leaders of this church, and he preaches a sermon. It's a great sermon. It's kind of a going away speech because Paul thinks the end is near. And um, it ends in hugs and tears and, you know, goodbyes and those kind of things. But in the message, Paul's very clear and he says, you're going to have to watch out and be on guard because there's some people who are going to come from within the church and start teaching things that aren't true. He calls them wolves in sheep's clothing. And he was right. And when Paul gets out of prison, what he hears is what he thought was going to happen in Ephesus is happening in Ephesus. And you have these teachers who are talking about how similar to other, other times, you got to follow these rules, you got to avoid marriage, you got to avoid food, like super spiritual stuff. You want to be right with God, you've got to be super spiritual and avoid all that other, you know, material kind of things. And uh, Paul writes this letter to encourage Timothy in a lot of different ways, but it's focused on Timothy teaching them the truth. This word that Paul uses a lot in this letter is, is uh, the phrase sound doctrine, which means it's actually kind of literally healthy doctrine, doctrine that helps you live well. Paul knows that we don't outlive our beliefs. He knows that what we believe matters. If you think God is patient, then you're not going to beat yourself up for not being perfect. If you think God created all things, then you can enjoy chocolate and coffee and pizza. But if you think God's too spiritual for that stuff, then you won't. Uh, if you think that, that God is interested in not just you, but other people, then you're going to be a person that cares about other people as well. So Paul writes this letter with an interest in them believing the truth. Now, he's not telling them you've got to read a bunch of books all day and everybody, everybody becomes super smart. But he is telling them that if you want to live a good life, you've got to get some good stuff locked in up here. That you cannot outlive what you believe. And if you want to change your life for the better, you've got to start by changing your mind and the things that you actually think are true. So as we unpack this letter, we encourage you to lean in and listen as we talk about surrendering to the change by knowing the truth so that you can be a person who lives it well and leads others to do the same. We can go through the books of Paul, the, the letters that Paul wrote. And Paul's writing to this particular letter to a man by the name of Timothy. And Timothy is a leader of leaders. He's a leader of the church. Paul is one that's pouring into him, uh, and Timothy is his disciple. You know, when it comes to leadership, we, we often, 
most, most of us, if we're true to ourselves, we're honest with ourselves, we'd say, man, I want to I lead. I want to be a leader. Um, but the way I look at leadership, um, and you guys have probably heard this before, is that in order to be a good leader, you have to be a good follower. And when I think of followership, when I think of following somebody, uh, I think of shoes. I really like shoes. Um, I've always loved shoes. I've always had a lot of shoes. Um, some may say I'm a girl in that sense, but I really like to go shopping for shoes, and I have a lot of different shoes. Um, shoes, basketball shoes, these are running shoes that uh, I have. You know, I have some, you know, some New Balance shoes. These are comfortable shoes. I have some dress shoes, some sandals. You know, we all have, you know, a variety of shoes. I'm sure you can name your favorite pair of shoes that you wear most days. So when I think of following, I think of shoes. I think of putting on my shoes, you know. And I don't know about you, but I'm not much of a snoozer, although my wife would probably say I snooze a lot. You know, push the button that says the alarm will go on, extended for about 10 more minutes, and then the alarm will go back off, and, and then she hits me in the side. And I like to think I'm not a snoozer, but the reality is I like to just kind of, just a little bit more time in bed. But the first thing I do is, and the night before, is I put my shoes out. I get up and I put my shoes on, I put my, my workout attire on, and then I hit the gym. Put these shoes on. And the last thing I want to do is go to the gym. I'll tell you that right now. But I know that physical training has some value. We're going to get to that a little bit later. And I know to be a, f- a leader, I must be a follower. And for me, like I said, shoes play a big part in that. I want to be a leader, but I have to be a good follower. So the question I'm asking is, who are you following? Timothy is following Paul. Paul is an example of Jesus. Paul is pointing Timothy to who Christ is. Timothy is a leader in the church. And for us that know Jesus... We are all called to be leaders on some level. You may say right now that you're not a leader, that you'll never be a leader, but I'll tell you this right now, that if you know Jesus and you say that you believe in Jesus, you are in fact a leader because people are looking at you. So the question is, who are you then following? So when you put your shoes on in the morning, what is it that you're aiming to do? Is there a clear, distinct path that you're walking on? You know, for some of us, we don't know what that path is. Michael, you heard him talk about it. It's sound doctrine. The path that we're on needs to be clear, right? It needs to have some clarity in the sense of what we believe is we know for a fact is true. doesn't mean that we're always going to Um, that there's never going to be doubt in that. But we know that the path to Jesus is clear. And so we tie on our shoes and we hit the path because we know that that is true. So who are you following? When you put your shoes on in the morning, who is it that you follow throughout the day? There's three things that I believe in all of us when it comes to following somebody, when it comes to leading, 
that we all need. There's three simple things. And in fact, they're on your card um, that you have in your seats. These three things are listen, prepare, and engage. Let's start with listen. You know, when you wake up in the morning, you put your shoes on, there may be a flood of voices that enter into your mind. There may be a flood of thoughts that crevice their way into your brain. Thoughts as if um, you're not good enough. Thoughts that you may um, not be desirable. Thoughts that you may not be worthy or that God is not present. You know, we lie to ourselves more than we lie to anybody else. And lies continue to creep into our brains, into our minds, into our thoughts every day. You know, and these lies are twofold. On the one hand, the lies that we say to ourselves is, we got this, and we don't need anybody else to tell us what to do. You know what, I'm, I'm good enough. And we justify our actions and we justify the things that we do because, you know what, we know what's best. The second thought that often creeps in is, I'm not good enough and I don't have this. You know, Paul starts off um, in, in 1 Timothy chapter 1. He says this, but I received mercy because I, act, I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Jesus Christ. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am, of whom I am the worst. You know, but I think a lot of us, you know, we sin every day. I don't know if you guys do, but I do. We sin every single day. And I think a lot of times we look, we would stop there. I'm the worst of sinners. And those lies, those thoughts that we, that creep into our heads, plant themselves there in a nice little resting area and continue to go over and over and over in our minds. And we say, you know what, we're, we're the worst sinners. How can a God love me? How can people love me? And you may be thinking like, oh man, you know, I'm going to grow out of this one day, you know, and this is going to be different. But the reality is, and I encourage you to talk to your leaders, and they may or may not share this, uh, maybe a little bit too intimate to share, but the reality is they deal with the same things over and over and over again. I'm just not good enough. And we continue to buy into the lie those voices in our head. But it doesn't stop there for Paul. Paul says, but I receive mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life, to the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul realizes that, you know what? I am screwed up. I am jacked up. But Jesus is the one that carries me through. Jesus is the one that I follow. Jesus is the one that has laid a path for me to go down. And there's all these lies that continue to creep in my head, but Jesus is the one that gives me clear direction. And he is one worth following. I can grow in that truth to lead others. 
I can grow in this truth to lead others. Listening is a big thing. And oftentimes we look at ourselves and the thoughts that go into our mind as fact. I don't know why it is or what it is about it, but when a thought enters our head, a lot of times we think it's true. And we live into that truth so much and so often. Paul doesn't stop with, I am the worst sinner. He goes on to say what Jesus has done to make him perfect. So he has a path and he has somebody to follow. So the first thing that we need to do to to lead others is to listen. The second thing we need to do to lead others is to prepare. You know, preparing uh, is hard. It's hard work. You know, we see so much around us that, um, you know, it's the microwavable society. You know, we want it instantly. And we see people rise up in leadership or opportunities or success, and we think, man, they're overnight success. They're overnight champion. I want to be just like them. I don't want to put the work in. I want what they have right now. The reality is there's no such thing as overnight successes. If you look at their backstory, if you look at behind the scenes, you will see a man or a woman that has put so much work and so much effort into where they are today. And it's congruent with everybody. You know, but so much of our desire is to bypass a lot of that hard work and to get in the limelight and say, you know what, this is who I am and this is where I've been and this is where I've, I've now conquered, come to defeat all the odds and I didn't have to put a, a wink of sweat or a, um, an ounce of sweat into it. That's, that's not true. Paul talks about um, physical training and godly training. And he says this in, in chapter 4. Rather, train yourself um, for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also in the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deser- deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we to- toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially those who believe. He goes on to say, practice these things, immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. You know, practice and training it takes hard work, right? Um, this, these are my running shoes. I hate running. Um, anybody fan of running? Anybody? Nobody. <laughs> anybody dislike running? Everybody. Okay, good. Um, so I, I don't know why, but like, okay, so I turned 30 this year, and I know for the leaders in the room, some of them are like, oh gosh, 30, wow. Um, but yeah, I turned 30, and it was like, that's a big deal, right? For me, I'm, I already lost my hair, so I got that thing going for me, but um, I'm like, how much more am I going to lose at 30? Uh, and so I wanted to have a goal in mind, have a plan. I wanted to prepare for something, and so what I'm preparing for is the half marathon coming up, the Joplin, Joplin half marathon. Um, and I'll tell you what, I, I'm not good at sticking to the plan, but there's a plan in place and I know what I need to do to prepare so I don't kill myself out there uh, come May 21st. Uh, you know, that's, that's the reality. And the reality is going to set in here pretty soon. So Every single day I have a choice. I can put on these shoes and I can put in the hard work. And I think a lot of us get that. 
we understand the value in physical training or training for something that we have immediate um, reward in, right? We see the results. Um, I think for all of us, we can, we can attest to something in our lives, whether it be sports-driven or academics. Um, maybe it's band or some other extracurricular activity that we've been a part of. Um, or maybe we're just really good at video games, and we've put some really hard work into that. I don't know what it is for you, but you, I think, could probably consider one thing. And maybe you could share with your, with your neighbor real quick, just right now. Just share one thing that you put really hard work into that is paid off. Ready? Go. Just, just turn to a neighbor right now. Turn to a neighbor. Say it. You might have two things, so share to your no- other neighbor real quick. What was it? One thing. You find reward in, you find satisfaction in. So when it comes to preparing, you know, we can all, we can all look at one or two things in our lives, right? Um, when it comes to spiritual training, guys, when it comes to spiritual training, oftentimes we don't put the same amount of effort and the same amount of fervor into that discipline as we would in others. And so we wonder why at times we don't look like Jesus or at times where it's really hard or at times where we just don't want to do it and it's just not getting easier. And I'm not saying that the more I run, the more I love it. That, that's not the case. And some people are crazy and that is the case. But um, I will say this, that the more attention I put into it, the more um, determination I have and the more acceptance I have of the discipline that's co- taken over my life. And I think the same is true for our spiritual well-being, that we can put the same amount of effort into it and see results. You know, Paul is saying this very clearly. There's some, there's some, physical, there's some benefit to physical training. But he says godliness is above that. Because it has eternal implications. And it points people to Jesus. It routes ourself on a path that follows Christ. We grow in that truth so that we can lead others. So be a leader means that we need to prepare. So we need to listen, we need to prepare, and then we need to engage. Paul ends this little letter to Timothy by saying these words, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfast gentleness, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and by which you were made, um, by which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Fight the good fight. Engage the battle. Life throws a lot of stones and a lot of divots and a lot of interesting things along the path. You know, we, we set this path that we know is true. We know this relationship with Christ is the path that we need to be on. And we've laced them up, right? We've said, I want, I want to battle. I want to prepare. I want to follow. 
And by that, we're saying, I want to lead. By following Jesus, I want to lead others to know this truth. But the reality is, there's a lot of things in life that make it very difficult. There's a lot of circumstances that happen in this life that make us want to sit down and quit. Whether it be death to a friend, or whether it be a divorce, whether it be, um, you know, just gossip and slander and self-image crap and identity issues and all these things that just continue to creep in, these lies that continue to lie into our minds over and over and over again, we tell ourselves. And there's all these obstacles that continue to get in the way. And we can say, you know what? It's just not worth it. You know what? I'm just going to kick the shoes off and just be done. But Paul in this scene at the very end is saying, you know what, put on the gloves, fight the fight, lace up the shoes, take a run. You have the path. It's set for you. You know it to be true. And if you don't know it tonight, if you don't know the path is true, if you don't know who Jesus is, I know a few people that do. And they want to share that with you. And you may be going through something right now that, man, there's this boulder in the path, this boulder that's in the way that you're saying, you know what, I just don't know if I can overcome it. And there's people in this room that are saying, you know what, I know a few people that is gonna, they're just going to push that boulder out. Or they're going to help you climb over that boulder. Because the reality is there's more boulders to come. And there's more ways in which we need to listen, prepare, and engage the truth so that we can lead others to that truth. Right now, what we're going to do is we're going to, um, we're going to take those cards, okay? Um, and I want you guys to, to do a couple things for me. try to make this as simple as possible um, and so you can see on there Thursday and Friday so tomorrow we start to just listen to God we start to just be in silence and just listen it's a hard practice for some of us for most of us to take time out um, I, I don't want to do that at all I don't want to pause. I don't want to wait. I want to go. I want to do. I want to check something off my checklist and continue on. So I think a lot of us need to sit back. Most of us need to sit back and just pause and listen. And we practiced that um, just a few, a few moments ago. The second part is, is big for, for all of us, and that is just to list out all the fears that we have, and, and specifically, it's fears on leading others to Jesus. And we certainly have other fears, and, and so if you have other fears that kind of come into your mind, let's write those out. But if I'm being honest, you know, I, I'm continually fearful. Um, I shouldn't say fearful. I, I have fears that creep into my mind, um, that I'm not, I'm not good enough, you know? that I can always be better. I, I hate that about myself. And I, I'm sure a lot of you feel that same pressure. I'm just, gosh, there's so much of my life that's just not good enough. Um, 
And then we're going to prepare. We're going to take some time to prepare this weekend. And we're going to prepare with scripture and we're going to prepare to pray um, for those that we want to lead. And then we have some just three things that we, we've put on there just for you to, to consider doing, to engage in this week. Um, they're really simple things. Um, but right now, what I want, you, want us to do is I want us to, again, bow our heads and close our eyes. And we're going to start just for a moment to uh, prepare ourselves to think of people that uh, think of people that are in our lives that we would love to just to lead to Jesus. Think of that person right now. Maybe it's a, maybe it's one individual. Maybe it's a family member that you've been really close to. Um, obviously a brother or sister that you've shared so much of life with. Um, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a mom or dad that you just love to, to show them Jesus. Maybe it's a friend that you've been super close to for since childhood, since early elementary. You know, maybe it's somebody on your team's Maybe it's somebody that is right next to you in, in your homeroom. Right next to your locker. Take a moment right now and just pray for an opportunity this week to show them Jesus. still have that person in mind. We know that the Holy Spirit is active and at work and has put that person on your mind or those people on your mind. And you certainly will get a chance to list out more. But for right now, think of, think of those one or two people that the Holy Spirit has put on your mind and, and we just pray for them. We prayed for an opportunity. Now think of something that you share together. Think of some, some sort of common commonality that you have, maybe something that you laugh over or something that you um, just love doing together. Think of a way that you can use that to bless them uh, this week. You know, maybe it's, um, maybe it's just a, an encouraging note about something that you guys share. Maybe it's a, a letter that you've been wanting to write around a certain bond or subject, circumstance that happened. You know, maybe it's a letter of forgiveness of something that's gone down lately. You know, maybe, maybe right now, you're thinking of some way that you know on a Thursday 
morning, you know exactly the type of coffee they like or the type of snack they like or candy that they like, and you just want to give that to them and say, you know what, I, I love you, and I hope you have a great day. Whatever it may be, think of that one thing that you could do to engage them, to show them Jesus, to lead them well. Father, we thank you for the opportunities that you continue to, to give us to partner with you. And God, we thank you for people that are in our lives that um, bless us, people that are surrounding us that we can follow. God, I pray that we would listen, that we have ears to hear this week in ways that you are trying to get our attention, that we're, we're either just drowning you out with our own voices or Or God, we just turn a deaf ear and we just don't want to hear it. Wherever we are, God, I pray that we would engage in a way that shows people Jesus. But we know in order to run a half marathon, we need to practice. We need to lace up the shoes and we need to hit the path that you've given us. And so God, I pray for opportunities this week but first and foremost, I pray for a plan to be in place um, that we would, we would put some prepara preparation into what we're going to do in order to show others the truth about you, in order to lead others to know you. God, we praise you for the fact that we're not just the worst of sinners, but it's through your mercy and grace that you find us blameless spotless and we praise you for that grace that meets us exactly where we are and gives us life gives us energy to run the race to fight the good fight to continue going no matter the circumstance no matter the situation no matter what's going on you're right there and what's beautiful about this place is that we come alongside a church that's right there with us as well. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.